for the win. It's good. Fires over the middle. Collins at the goal line. Touchdown, Miners. This is the Mineshaft, a UTEP football podcast, part of the Republic of Football Network. Now here's your host, Colin Deaver, and former UTEP kicker, Gavin Beckley. Here we are in the Mineshaft, back after a bye week. UTEP at 1-5, on the road at 3-3, three three, Florida International. I'm your host, Colin Deaver, with my co-host, Gavin Beckley. Once again, we are the Mineshaft, a Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Network podcast. And as always, we're brought to you by Homefield Apparel. If you want to get 15% off any first-time purchase of your Homefield uh, UTEP athletic apparel, just use that promo code Mineshaft. And you can get 15% off thanks to Gavin. Mostly thanks to Gavin. I have done nothing uh, to to accrue that, and I still haven't gotten him a shirt. So we are failing all over the place. Gavin, uh, what did you do on the bye week, my man? Um, hung out, you know, got a pretty, pretty boring life outside of uh outside the podcast, just Welcome. working. Welcome <laughs> to being an adult. <laughs> yeah, working during the week, uh kicking uh four or five times a week uh coaching some some kicking through through the the guys that like help me uh through recruiting with ranking and all that I'm, I'm helping them out by by coaching on the weekends um and i mean sucks to say it but i mean good thing this week we had a bye because uh because i couldn't take a, a whole lot more disappointment so i mean hopefully this this week we we turn it around with a with a East Coast game against FIU, but, uh, you know, East Coast, not our friend. Yeah, one win in the Eastern time zone ever for UTEP. It was, of course, last year at Charlotte. Uh, we'll see if they can get it done once again. I, I do have a question. Since you said you brought up you're coaching some high school kickers, how does somebody decide that they want to be a place kicker? Because I think we can all say there's more glamorous positions on a football field then the kicker how do you decide you figure out at some point whether it's a freshman in high school whenever it is hey i'm pretty good at this how do you how do you decide it is it they bring you off the soccer field i mean what happens uh yeah i mean there's there's multiple ways like there's some people that they just they they play soccer and then they go out one day and mess around and start kicking a football and they're like hey i'm actually really really good at this so i'm gonna go try out for the team or something and then there's other people that they may not be like they have a soccer background, but they really like football and they may not be the biggest person or anything. So they know they're not going to start like at receiver or something that they really want to do. So they just are like, hey, I'm going to go try kicking and then develop that. And then there's people like me who have been kicking ever since second, third grade. Um, and I just played soccer my whole life and then was on like a peewee football team and they were like, who can kick and I was like well I play soccer and then I think in third grade hit like a 35 yard field goal and I was oh, like wow. yeah this this is what I want to do so it so was you you so you were early you you really were one of those people that said all my life I've wanted to be a boys yeah. kicker no yeah exactly I, I love mean, it it's there's people that won't respect kickers and in, in the art of kicking and everything and I mean those are the same people that will will love the kickers at the end of the day whenever they make a game winning field goal but will be the same ones that whenever they miss a game winning field goal be like you have one job you guys suck you yep. do nothing and all that so i mean it's it's 
double-edged sword whenever you're doing good no one really notices you but the the second you you mess up that's when all hell breaks loose yeah i would just say to anybody who feels that way as gavin just described go out to a field have your friend hold the football and try to make a 25 yarder and let me know how it goes exactly much harder uh, than it looks the only thing i would w- wish is i didn't mention this last uh last week but for the game i was there they had some guy go out and attempt a 50 yard field goal for a new which, car which is way too far by the way like One, they know exactly what they're doing making him hit kick try, yeah. try to kick a 50 yarder but, but two i wish i would have been chosen i would have walked out <laughs> with my cleats on and been like let's go i gotta i'm gonna get a free car but did he uh, did he make it like how close did he get i didn't end up seeing the kid like three yards off the ground straight to the left it was not a not a not a good kick I'll yeah say i made a i tried a 25 yarder once not any just just hat just messing around i made it of course obviously but yeah of course was, i mean you made made field goals made the shuttle what can't you do yeah. That's a good question. uh make it against the defense it was a line drive it definitely would have been it would have been right into like the center's butt or something what hey, sometimes been. sometimes you get lucky i had a <laughs> last season against oklahoma i had one that barely cleared the line and it went right down the middle from like oh 40. that's that's right yeah. i forgot about that one you gotta you just gotta be able to thread the needle yeah. All right. We've given people good vibes now, Gavin, uh, which I think Miners fans needed. Um, let's get it. Let's bring let's bring the mood down. Let's bring the mood yeah. down. So obviously the last time we talked, we were uh, talking about UTEP's uh, game against Louisiana Tech, previewing it. Um, I do not want I text you to this. I don't want to give ourselves too much credit, but a lot of the things that we said on that podcast might happen actually happened in that game. Uh, we said they needed to slow down Smoke Harris. They didn't. He had a punt return for a touchdown. Um, they We said it was going to be a pretty low-scoring game. It would be on the defense to kind of control the game with a backup quarterback in. Pretty much that's exactly what happened. La, La Tech jumping out to a very early lead, 14-0, what, 14-0, five minutes into the game. Um, yeah. And for UTEP playing Kevin Hurley, they start Kevin Hurley. They bring in Jake McNamara. Um, McNamara gets a concussion. At, I think I think it was in the second quarter. Hurley tries to come back in and 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 play, and um, then he ends up getting a concussion as well. So that's where UTEP stands right now um, as they enter this game, their first Wednesday night game against FIU uh, this week. The one and five Miners are currently one point underdogs to the three and three uh, Florida International Panthers. So yeah, Gavin, this is really a, a oddly uh, sim- similar to what we were talking about the last time we spoke about UTEP football, which is just all the quarterback injuries um, to catch people up. If you haven't been paying attention um, the last week or so, Gavin Hardison is still uh, injured, has an injury to his throwing arm. Uh, we spoke to him today at practice two days, obviously before kickoff. The plan for him right now is to throw tomorrow. And if he's able to throw, um, then he'll play. He'll start. If he can't, then UTEP will go with a backup quarterback again. Uh, McNamara, it appears, is still in concussion protocol. Kevin Hurley is out of protocol, but has been taking reps with the twos for the most part, which leaves the guy who entered um, the UNLV game two weeks ago as the fourth stringer that would be Cade McConnell, a redshirt sophomore out of California. Uh, he has been taking many of the first team reps played at the very end of the Louisiana tech game, four of 11, like 48 yards or something. So um, yeah, it just, I, I can't even believe we're here really that, that this is the situation that UTEP finds itself in, um, at, you know, not only with the quarterback issues, obviously one in five, but um, 
your your thoughts on that, just kind of where this season has gotten to um, in addition to the quarterback problems? Yeah, I mean, if if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the the miners weren't going to go to a bowl game, I mean, obviously there's still a chance and everything. Don't don't get me wrong, but that they would start the first six games one and five. Um, beyond my my first question would would kind of be like, well, what went wrong? Were there any major injuries that that occurred? Any of that stuff? So I mean, and obviously we we have seen that there have been. We have our fourth string who's most likely going to going to start um based on based on uh if Gavin's able to play or not um and then just all around offense defense every every position it seems like is kind of dwindling down to to uh the the backups or the third strings from from what I've kind of heard and, and and seen so I mean it's just one of those things that that it's it's on the coaches it's on the recruiting if if you only recruit a good one deep then whenever you put in your twos the the game's gonna go down and drop so I mean it's just one of those things it's it's really hard to to have the same amount of of um not expertise but just play whenever you go from ones to twos there's there's just uh, it's a different ball game whenever a team has their twos in there because you just kind of some people whenever it's the ones versus twos they kind of relax because they're like oh well if they were better they'd be a one so it's just one of those things that that people kind of will play a lot more loose and a lot more lighter and kind of put their foot down on the gas and, and continue to to push because they are playing against the twos so I think that that it's not it's not a good thing for for UTEP to have obviously between their first and fourth string quarterback and, and all these other injuries that we've, we've heard of, but I mean, not, not the start we're looking for. Hopefully we can turn things around and it starts with this next game. Yeah, definitely starts with FIU. If they lose this one, obviously they would be one in six and would have to win out entirely, uh, win five consecutive games to go to a bowl game, um, which, given how things have gone uh, to start the season would certainly seem unlikely um, for UTEP. Obviously we told you the plan for Gavin Hardison um, this week. It was the same plan that they did for the uh, Louisiana tech game two weeks ago. Um, And I just, I would be, I would be, this is just my opinion, but I would just be very skeptical that he is going to be all of a sudden all better tomorrow and being able to throw without pain if we haven't seen him do it at any point over the last two weeks since the UNLV game. Um, that's just how I feel. So like I could, I could be completely wrong. Maybe his body, it, it, it completely heals itself by tomorrow and he's able to throw without pain and it, and everything is hunky dory and, and UTEP's fine. Um, Gavin's fine. And, and they go and, you know, do, do the things we thought they would be able to do all year, but I just don't think that's going to happen. So if that's the case, I do think it's going to be Cade McConnell getting the start. Maybe you see Kevin Hurley kind of like you we saw with the two-quarterback situation uh, last week, but I think it will be Cade McConnell just because he's kind of been the guy getting the first-team reps the last week or so with everybody hurt. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously whenever you have four four different quarterbacks and then two play in one game and then both go under concussion protocol and then you're down to your, your fourth string and – and it's going to be one of those things that that 
UTEP can either look at it as a demoralizing way, saying, okay, we're on our fourth string quarterback. We're not we're not really looking for much here. We're gonna go in and lose the game. Or they could look at it as motivation to to try to bring the team together and, and build off um the fourth string and and kind of be like, okay, we're gonna have to do this. We're all gonna have to come together and we're gonna have to kind of try that little extra extra percentage harder to to win this game. And having seen Cade McConnell, um, obviously limited reps at the Division One level, he was uh, came in at the very end of the Louisiana Tech. It was mop up duty at that point. It was four of eleven in the fourth quarter for forty eight yards. Um, but that was he. He, I mean, it's it's crazy to say when you go four of eleven, but he looked better than at least throwing the football than um, either um, Hurley and McNamara did in that game. Had two carries for 10 yards as well. I'm going back and looking at his junior college stat, uh, stats at uh, uh, Cerritos in 2021. He was the starter, completed 56% of his passes for 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns, uh, and just two interceptions in that in that season. Also had uh, not much of a running threat uh, that year, but did score a touchdown on the ground. So, um, again, none of us really have seen him, seen much of Cade McConnell, but it seems like he's – serviceable um and I, I don't know i mean you saw obviously what you saw of him was over a year ago or basically a year ago at this point but um what are your thoughts on on kate if he does have to be the guy that has to go out there yeah i mean very very accurate uh he's got a, he's got a good arm um sometimes the the decision making that i've seen is a little shaky especially um from from a year ago in, in game there was Every, I mean, we're we're down by a lot anyway, so you're gonna have to take some shots, some risks. So it's it's kind of one of those things that you can't really judge off just one game, especially when we're down by how however much we were down. But I mean, um, looking forward to it. I mean, he, I think he does bring a a certain aspect to the to the team that that we haven't had from any quarterback, and I think that's just a little bit more of of leadership out there. I mean, he is, I, I think, one of the older guys on the team even though he he did go through the juco route and everything um but i i have a i have a feeling that he's gonna kind of go out there and and give it his all there's there's no doubt in that every every time i've i've seen him kind of work out or, or do through the runs or try to push everyone around him um he, he does a good job at that so i mean i know he's gonna go out there and give it his all and and hopefully he he can do enough to at least put on a, a good performance for the UTEP offense that we haven't really seen in the, in the past six games. Yeah. I mean, and then FIU too, and we'll get into this a little more when we start breaking down the matchup, but this is not a dynamic offense per se for the Panthers. Um, I think averaging only around 330 yards total, like total offense, uh, you know, for the season. Um, and, you know, quite a few turnovers last week against New Mexico State. I mean, we'll get into that anyways, but I think this will be, again, a game like last week against Louisiana Tech, where if UTEP can just kind of limit its mistakes, if if K, like, you don't really need him to be great. You just need him to be competent and good enough to not screw things up and kind of, you know, maybe one or two drives here and there and then just let the defense work. You obviously can't give up any, you know, big special teams gaps like the punt return for the touchdown um, that they had, that Smoke Harris had. Um, but I I asked Cade today kind of how he would compare himself to the other quarterbacks in the room that UTEP has. He said a little more like Gavin Hardison, 
a little more of that pocket passer type, but um, you're you're one of the guys. You're the third or fourth person I've said I've heard say that he's a uh, very accurate um, passer. And then from what you said about commanding the room, I know I talked about this like kind of when we were previewing the season in the preseason, but you kind of can take a lot about what a guy is able to do in like in interviews. Like I'm not saying it's obviously it's not everything if a guy is a good interview, but he. Cade like kind of handles that situation well and he like obviously we haven't he hasn't been thrown out in front of the media very often and he's you know well spoken and like handles it well so to me like that's it's, we call that winning the press conference I mean he's won he's won the press conference this week so well, for for whatever that is worth um who offensively for UTEP will need to step up Gavin this week to if it is McConnell even if it's Kevin Hurley who doesn't have much division one uh, playing experience either. Like who needs to step up for this offense to help them out? Yeah. I mean, whenever you're, you're looking at a, at a quarterback with not a whole lot of experience, it's kind of, kind of everyone needs to from the receivers who need to be able to get open and create separation and, and catch the ball, the running backs who need to be able to establish the run game and the O line that needs to give them the time to, to either pass or make, make good decisions, either short, short game down the field any of those it's just kind of an an all around but i mean said it said it last podcast you have a new quarterback in there you got to you got to be able to establish the run game if you can't establish the run game and you're going to put it all on the quarterback then it's not going to turn out good i mean we saw that that um kevin and and jake for first drive for both of them on third and medium they both threw kind of a fade down the field and over through the receiver so it's just got to we got to be able to to establish the run game and, and assert ourselves in that. And the O line really has to to step up and and be those guys that that we're all on the preseason award list and everything. Haven't really seen a a whole lot from them, but hopefully they they're able to step up and and come together this this game. Um, but it's just kind of an all around. You got to You got to be able to make the quarterback feel comfortable and and make them more confident whenever they're stepping in that role because obviously they. They haven't done it. They're they're the four strings played a very very limited number of snaps. So you got to do everything right to to make him a lot more comfortable. Yeah, to your point about establishing the run, they had uh, 224 yards on the ground versus Louisiana Tech. Um, so I mean they they were I mean there were points in that game where they uh, the offense looked all right with the backup quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I mean I I think you're absolutely right. They're going to need to establish the run with McConnell. Um, be it Hankins, be it Torrance Burgess, who got dinged up in that game, but was back, you know, out there today practicing. So it looks like he'll be good to go. Marcus Bell and same thing. Um, I'm trying to think. And we wanted – I was uh, going to bring this up at some point. Might as well do it. Now, Tyron Smith does not seem like he's going to play. Dana said as much last week that he was he was not confident that he would be able to play with a what I believe is a hamstring injury. And we're now here, Gavin, with uh, – interesting situation for Tyron. Um, he still has a redshirt year available to him and he's only played four games this year, which is the maximum amount you can play and still um, keep a redshirt if you haven't used it already. So look, I, I do believe that Tyron Smith does have an injury. Um, they, w- I mean, they wouldn't be holding him out. I just don't think they they would be holding him out, you know, like this if it wasn't real, but if this continues, if he continues to not be feeling good week to week to get you know healthy what have you do you think that that's something we may see for Tyron Smith that he just ends up taking the redshirt year 
Yeah, I mean, and especially with kind of how UTEP is is going uh, the 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 first six games. I mean, I think that's a a real possibility. I mean, if there's a chance for him to to redshirt and either come back next year, or we we already know that after last season he he hit the transfer portal, and then obviously that didn't work out for him. Um, so maybe he's he's thinking about redshirting and then trying to transfer out again. I mean, obviously we wouldn't want to want to see that he's definitely our, our top receiver in the the games that he has played but I mean I mean can't can't really blame him at the end of the day you got to do what's what's best for you and if if UTEP's not giving him what he needs and in the kind of exposure that that he needs to try to go play in the next level and everything then I mean good luck to him if if he does decide to take that obviously it's going to be a big hit for UTEP but but um, I mean, hopefully he, he will play, but I, I can kind of see what's kind of developing here, um, especially with with uh, just not not I didn't talk to him whenever I was there, but just kind of from from the, the first couple games that he played to, to now it's out with with no really timeline of, of return. Yeah, again, I, I like I said, I do think he's actually hurt. It's just. It, does it get to a point, you know, eight games into the season and UTEP's two and six or one, you know, one and seven, whatever it is, do you do you then just shut him down? So we'll uh, – and then he takes the register. So we'll see. There are some guys that uh, Dimmel said are for sure um, going to be taking the redshirt year and some pretty important players on the defense. Tavita Tafuna uh, was starting on the defensive line. Trez Moore um has started games in the last couple of years but just a big contributor as a defensive back uh Bretton Thompson uh Trent Thompson's brother is also uh taking the redshirt year um Judah and Zinwa is a tight end taking the redshirt year and who is Nate Diamond is a linebacker so um look two of those guys I don't think we're going to play very much anyways this year but Thompson and then obviously as we talked about more in Tafuna I mean, I've been contributors um, at times over the last couple of years. So I, th- I think losing those guys, albeit for, you know, reason that's well within their power to to make that choice to to redshirt um, and, and save your year of eligibility, it still hurts UTEP, you know, right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's – I won't lie. There was some times during the, the couple seasons that we went 111 when I was there that, that I had had to sit down with myself and be like, should I – should I redshirt or should I just be like, you know what, I'm I'm here to kick. I've had ample opportunities um, in games and stuff. Is there a reason for me to redshirt? And I mean, at that time, it was no. I mean, looking back at it, um, I only kicked off my first year. We went 1-11. I sh- should have redshirted that year, definitely. So I would have been there this extra year. Um, so, I mean, it's it's just one of those things like you you just got to do what's what's best for you if, if one – you're not getting as much playing time as you like, whether that be a one, a two, or you're switching out, or or you just aren't happy with with how it's going or anything. I can see why some people want a red shirt, but there's also if people are injured or they kind of have a a little injury that's just been nagging them the the whole the whole six weeks, and it's just one of those things that you have to take into account, kind of on a case to case basis. So hopefully. Hopefully those guys are, are able to stay around next year. Um, but I mean, we'll kind of see how it goes that some of them are are definitely going to be missed in the, especially on, on defense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tafuna for me is the, is the big one. 
Um, we weren't sure for a couple of weeks, like if he was hurt or what, you know, what the deal was. And this, this makes a lot of sense. So, um, whether it's the walking wounded or it's, it's situations like that, it's just, it's been a lot of turmoil, um, for UTEP's roster this year, unfortunately. So, but they do have a, like I said, opportunity to, I think to get back, um, in the, in the win column this week, even with the backup quarterback likely playing, uh, at FIU and we'll kind of transition into, uh, the pre or the preview of the Panthers now, uh, the three and three FIU Panthers. They're zero and three in conference USA. They opened the season on the road at Louisiana Tech with a twenty two seventeen loss. They won three and three in a row uh, over Maine, which is an FCS school. They beat North Texas um, at home forty six to thirty nine, and then they beat UConn twenty four to seventeen on the road. UConn traditionally the last few years one of the worst uh, FBS teams in the country. Um, but that North, I mean, that North Texas team, I think has, has struggled this year, but, um, you know, to still, it's a, that's a team that the last couple of years has been pretty good, um, in conference USA and now in the American. So, um, that is also the only game this year that they've scored more than 24 points in the last two games for them have not gone well, uh, home versus Liberty. They lost 38 to six. And then of course, last week here in the borderland up the road and, Las Cruces, they lost 34 to 17 to New Mexico State, but that game was tied at 17 all entering the fourth quarter. Uh, NMSU rattled off 17 unanswered points. Um, their, their offense ended up looking pretty good. I'm talking about the Aggies, their offense ended up looking pretty good in that fourth quarter. They got some stops. They intercepted uh, FIU's quarterback uh, twice in that game. Uh, Keon, Keon Jenkins is the guy's name. So um, it'll be. Interesting to see if FIU breaks out in this game, Gavin, offensively. Look, I mean, they've only done it once all season. They're only averaging 30, 330 yards per game. They're giving up 445 yards per game, so their defense has been pretty atrocious for context. Uh, UTEP is averaging 34, six, three, 346 yards per game offensively. They're giving up 385, so FIU is giving up like 60 yards more than them. Uh, on average this year. So um, even with a backup quarterback, I see some ways for UTEP to take advantage of FIU, um, but it, it'll it come down to whether or not they can do it. So let's start offensively UTEP versus FIU first. Um, you know, do you like, do you think this is a game even with Cade, Kevin, whoever it is that because FIU has been so porous defensively this year, is, is this a chance for, you know, UTEP to take advantage of it or is it going to be kind of, a slowdown game like we've seen from UTEP most of the year. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel that UTEP's going to have a good a good chance it it on offense. Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, giving up a whole lot of yards, like around four hundred per per game. So, I mean, there's going to be ways for UTEP to 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 push the ball, whether that's on the ground or in the air. Um, even with a backup quarterback, I think that that there's going to be spots and there's going to be openings for for UTEP to be able to. To, to kind of insert themselves in this game and and hopefully get down and in, into the red zone and and be able to either kick a field goal or or score a touchdown and just get get points on the board that we haven't really seen them be able to do this this whole season. So I mean I I think that this game there's going to be chances that are there. It's just going to be whether they're going to go out and be able to take them. Yeah, I think New Mexico State, uh, you know, can be a little bit of of a blueprint for UTEP in a lot of, I mean, they ran it 31 times. They threw it 31 times. So really balanced, um, but 183 yards rushing. Um, so they were able to run the football 
um, against uh, Florida International, and they were really susceptible to long passing plays against NMSU. The Aggies had pass plays of 49, 25, 24, and 26 yards. So maybe maybe that's something that UTEP can take advantage of, um, you know, just the, the deep balls downfield. But l- like we were talking about earlier, I think it's going to be more, you know, on the ground where UTEP is going to be able to, to handle things the way they did, uh, the, the way that NMSU did. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel that that especially whenever we we kind of see that um that FIU's not really 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 able to to stop the deep ball. Um I think that that even with a, a four string and, and Cade in there who who does have a good arm, I think that we'll be able to to unleash him a little bit and, and get him throwing down the field. Hopefully he's he's comfortable in the pocket like we've we've kind of talked about and everything and, and he's able to to just be able to to be comfortable, be be confident, step into his throws and and put him on the money and and hopefully we're we're able to have a, a nice little air raid. I know we're majority of a run team and we can kind of knock the clock down and take these big long drives that we have seen UTEP do and be successful at. Um, but I just think that that that's going to be kind of one of the the keys is is control the ball and take take your shots when you have them and not not really force anything that we don't have to yeah and obviously like that's the that's the game plan for utah pretty much every game but in this one especially that that seems like probably the way they should go and then lean on the defense um which look they they gave up i'm trying to think here like the first drive of the game versus versus louisiana tech was there was like an 86 yard passing play other and then they score off of it second touchdown is a punt return that's not the defense's fault i mean there was large chunks of that game where they made louisiana tech look pretty inept offensively and i think that that's something they might be able to do against fiu and they're going to have to to kind of give this offense a chance to get rolling um keon jenkins again the quarterback for fiu he was 25 of 32 258 yards and two interceptions in the fourth quarter that really ended up costing them the game against NMSU last week. Um, they had two touchdowns on the ground, um, both uh, one from Jenkins, one from Shamari Lawrence, but they only got 87 total rushing yards uh, against NMSU. Uh, and one of their touchdown drives came off a short field as well, off an interception um, by Diego Pavia. Um, so it um, – I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the, the interception was – farther down so it wasn't a short field but they took it they ended up taking advantage of it so um what do you you know what do you think of this FIU you know offense Jenkins um hasn't been great this year he was in concussion protocol uh this last week too it seems like he's gonna play maybe they go Hayden Carlson if he doesn't but I think right now it seems like Keon Jenkins will be the guy for FIU and you know kind of where do you see it what do you see in his game that UTEP may be able to take advantage of yeah, I mean, I don't think that he has the best decision making. I mean, he's more of a a dual threat quarterback, so he's not really gonna sit in the pocket as long as some of these traditional passers. So I think that if they're able to to get him out of the of the pocket and and kind of collapse it on him and, and be able to to get to him um, as fast as UTEP's able to with their edge rushers and everything, I think if we can knock him off his game a little bit, um, then that'll be huge for UTEP. I mean. He's about 59% completion rate, five touchdowns, six intercept interceptions. Two, you said that kind of costed him in the in against um NMSU. 
Um, but I mean, other than that, they don't really have, he has three, three rushing touchdowns on the ground. They got two running backs. That's basically it. Um, both with three touchdowns apiece. And then it just seems like they have one really main target that they have. Who's Chris Mitchell, four touchdowns, average of 17 and a half per catch. Um, and then it drops down after that with, he has Chris Mitchell has about 31 receptions and then the next closest is 14. So they obviously have one person on, on the uh, wide receiver core that they kind of lean on. So I feel that, that that's just something that UTEP's going to have to be able to stack up against them and, and, and shut them down um, defensively to, to really be able to, to have their offense be successful. Yeah. I think that's like we said, I think is going to be the story of the game here. Um, if UTEP is, is going to get the win, like they have to, they have to shut them down um, defensively and just kind of let the offense get rolling, um, kind of be, what's the word? Uh, just take advantage of opportunities here and there um, and kind of just kind of do what they can to put points on the board. Uh, two of FIU's wins obviously coming at home. So um, they've been okay at kind of protecting their home field. Um, Gavin, though, you, you've played there and it, it's not exactly the greatest, uh, home environment, right? No, I was not a fan, um, with their, with their stadium. It was like 10, 15 feet stands that are straight up. And, and the first row is 15 feet over your head and they have about 10 rows. So it wasn't, wasn't my favorite place to play there. There wasn't really a, a, a crowd there either. So there wasn't really a whole lot of of that kind of pressure as as UTEP has seen whenever we're playing against the the couple Power Five schools we played. Um, but yeah, definitely not a fan. It was it was very humid there, so UTEP's gonna have to kind of take that into account. I think that's a a big part of it. I remember just warming up and I was drenched in my own sweat. So got to be able to to stay hydrated and adapt to the elements that they're not really used to, especially being in a dry heat, um, and just go out there play their play their game that that I'm not going to say that we know that they can play because we haven't really seen it this year um but just just I I want them to be able to to do something different that's what I'm looking for this game something different that that they haven't done before yeah maybe it's the the gadget plays that we've seen them practice for six years that I've never actually seen them running a game you know maybe you throw one of those out there I mean just I mean something because you need I mean, even if Hardison can play, like they have absolutely no momentum right now at one and five. And so you just have to do something to generate a little bit of that. So um, as we do every week, uh, we've come to the portion of the podcast. It's time to give our keys to victory and make our picks. We'll start with the keys to victory. And Gavin, I'll let you go first. Um, The first key to victory is scoring more points than the other team. Um, that's number one. Pretty, for me. Yeah, generally that generally if you score more points than the other team, that would that will merit a win. I like that key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think a team that scored more points than the other team has ever lost. So, I believe you're correct. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll have to double check though, but yeah, I think that's maybe correct. like a forfeit. But yeah, no. In general, <laughs> in general, your points valid. Yeah, I mean, first key is just going to be controlling the clock. Um, Take take advantage whenever the plays are there. Um, limit the turnovers when the turnover, um, when the turnover margin um, against them defensively, be able to to shut down their their main receivers, and then 
just like I said, score points, be able to score points, offense, defense, special teams, just any way that they can put up points on the board that we haven't really seen them be able to. And just, I think the biggest thing, and I've said it a couple of times, just take advantage whenever it's there because it's going to happen. And there's been times where they haven't taken advantage that they really need to. Yeah. And obviously we were joking. It's just, it's just funny to say, you know, score more points than the other team, but um, I think one of my keys, and I'll do mine now. I I think they need a defensive or special teams touchdown, whether it's a fumble recovery for a touchdown, whether it's a Marcus Bell and punt return for a touchdown, a kick return, something like. I think that that's going to be one of you know one of the ways that they win this game. Um, it's not just enough to have the defense kind of slow FIU down. I think they may need to actually generate points or if it's not them, you know, actively scoring a touchdown themselves, it's getting an interception or fumble recovery, setting the offense up with a short field where they can just, you know, go punch it in, which is not something that we've seen them do very often this year. So um, I think something of that regard would be a a key of mine Um, and just let, I don't think they did a good job of making Hurley or McNamara feel comfortable. Um, in that game. And obviously look at your game plan is shot immediately at versus Louisiana tech, because uh, you're down 14 to nothing five minutes into the game. But I don't think they did a great job of making those guys feel comfortable. I want to see them make see, I want to see them make McConnell. Um, if he's indeed getting the start on Wednesday, again, I believe he is. Um, I want to see them make him comfortable early in the game, whether it's, you know, those some short swing passes some slants, um, just get him some confidence um, for later in the game, so he, you know, he can see he's moving the ball. And then, as we said throughout this, you know, throughout the game or throughout the game, throughout the podcast, uh, it's got to be, it's going to be on the defense. It's going to be on the run game, um, more so than anything else. So, all right, you've uh, picked Utah. Have you picked two straight losses? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right, so FIU is a one point favorite right now on ESPN's analytics matchup predictor. They have FIU as a 51.4% favorite, UTEP 48.6, whatever that means. So who are you Who are you picking? Give me a score. Uh, like I said, I'm going to keep doing it till they prove me wrong. Um, I'm going 17 to 7 FIU over UTEP. Seven? 17 to 7. Wow. Yep. Well, I uh, they only scored ten the other day, so that's um, yeah. I don't the over. By the way, the over under forty four. That's higher than I would have thought, actually. So yeah, for all those um, betters out there, I would be slamming the under. But that's just me. This isn't this isn't financial advice. <laughs> yeah, this is not Financial Friday on the Mind Shaft. This is <laughs> it's Monday. So well, actually, it's third for UTEP. It's Thursday. So all right, seventeen seven. Gavin's picking FIU, which would mean UTEP would fall to one and six. Um. Oh gosh. Um. Give me FIU twenty one fourteen. And uh, hey, yeah, really, really big non special teams guy. There no field goals at all. Sorry, do you want do you want me to twenty one thirteen? I don't. <laughs> I didn't have any. I well, I had one. I said seventeen to seven. Yeah, I, so, I understand. Sorry, I'll go twenty one. I'll go twenty one fourteen in favor of oh. FIU. So obviously, obviously, I don't like it, but they have not. 
as you said, they've given us no reason to believe that the turnaround is coming as of yet. Maybe it is. Maybe Cade McConnell uh, will pull a Brock Purdy and become Tom Brady. So the stranger things have happened, but you need to see the stranger things happen. So, uh, yeah, UTEP finds itself in a tough spot. Um, The game, thanks to the Conference USA Wednesday slates, will be on ESPN2, a 5.30 Mountain Time kickoff. Here in El Paso for Gavin, that is 6.30. That's how time zones work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll be interested. Gavin, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I just want them to to do something different. I want them to prove me wrong. I want them to, to turn the season around one game at a time. And if they're not able to, then obviously that's that sucks. But I just want to see them go out there and, and play, play a full game, even if they have a backup quarterback in. I want to see scoring – from someone other than the offense. Same. I, that's one of my keys. So we will see if UTEP can get it done. And we will speak with you. The next time we'll, we speak with you, we will be uh, chatting about a game that is bigger than the 99th Battle of I-10. It's the 100th Battle of I-10 between UTEP and New Mexico State. That will be next Wednesday, October 18th at the Sun Bowl. And uh, excited for that one. Always, always fun. Even when the teams aren't doing very well, it's always a fun rivalry game. So uh, that's the next time we'll talk with you. We'll break down the FIU win or loss and then preview the uh, game versus New Mexico State. For Gavin Beckley, I'm Colin Deaver. This has been the Mineshaft, a Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Podcast Network show. We'll see you next time.